not interested in getting ripped off by an avatar. You insult me. My servant and I are transporting down. Do that and my auto defense systems will take you out. I decide who's authorized to land and when. You don't look smart enough to run this dump. How soon before your boss finds out I have real dilithium on board I am willing to part with and you're making me hover like a peasant. Hang on. Real dilithium. What did I just say? You want to let this price go? You don't think your boss is watching you watching me? I am losing my patience. Well... From a sentence! All right. You're cleared to land. But I've got my eyes on you. I don't care about your eyes unless they were dangling from my belt. Welcome, everyone, to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnson, and with me, I believe, is Mike. Mike, how are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I am here. Finally, we are recording. Uh, We are having a plethora of internet issues in New York City. Techno issues. So we are back on our phones. We were having during our last podcast recording. So correct. Yes. Spectrum has not resolved the problem yet. No, it has not. So we are back on our phones brought to you by T-Mobile and Verizon. Yeah. 5G. 5G. I don't know know who has the better connection, but. According to T-Mobile, we do. Or I do rather. Yeah. Well. The commercials. uh, I believe the commercials. Oh, oh, great. So you're with that <laughs> half of the country. That's great. Yes, yes. Um, so great. So for those of you that may be just joining us for this episode and my missed the last couple of episodes, there's been a lot going on um, in our lives. So we have decided to do more truncated podcast episodes that will hopefully also be a little more digestible than some of our two-hour episodes. So that might be an extra plus for our listeners. So today we are going to just talk about some of the things that we've been Star Trekking and then get into this week's Discovery episode, Scavengers. So first let's start with what do we Star Trek this week slash the past three weeks since it's been a while since we've actually talked about what we've been Star Trekking. So Mike, other than Discovery, what have you been Star Trekking? Well, so I have been watching more Voyager. So I, yes. I, I finished, I skipped a bunch of, I skipped a group of episodes, basically the last block of whatever alien they were dealing with in season five. Okay. And um, watched the finale, which was Equinox and moved into season six. So I've watched a few episodes of season six. Okay. And okay. um yeah, so uh, the last episode I watched was Tinker Tenor, Doctor Spy. All right, so, I remember that um, one. Which was, uh, you know, I, you know, I enjoyed that episode. So I am uh, now, you know, 
moving forward with that. And then what else have I been? So I did, you know, all of this talk about trills in, in discovery mm-hmm. and talking about the case of Makala, right? From episode four. So I went back yesterday or uh, was it yesterday? Recently in the last couple of days. And I watched the episode from Deep Space Nine, Equilibrium. Okay. And I was actually really impressed. I mean, so from a low sets perspective, I was really impressed with the Caves of Makala because obviously they looked even more real now, but they looked right. pretty, they, they did a lot of similarities with the caves. Yes. So I was really impressed with that. Um, the, the other pieces of the episode um, but really that's weren't. Like the, that's the episode where she discovers the whole thing with Joran, right? Right. Yes. Right, yeah. Right. So she has, she learns about, or she's having all these hallucinations and they take her right. back to Trill and then they're about to remove the symbiote and kill right. Jadzia. This, this was the episode we, I was talking about where they were like, oh, a much larger percentage of the Trill population can actually be hosts. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and according to this episode, it's about half the population could be. Correct. And it would be, um, yeah, there would be a run on, on symbiotes and there'd be all these problems right. so they put everyone through these rigorous tests and whatnot so yeah so i thought it was you know it was a mildly enjoyable episode i would say that it wasn't the best written episode there was a lot of uh talking telling you details instead of showing you details um it so is that kind was... of mythology building though which i i kind of like that sometimes yeah, I, the investigation was a little, eh, you know, they all did, they did all the investigation from the Bridge of the Defiant. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was a, you know, for a character perspective, there was a sweet scene between Bashir and Jadzia uh, when she comes and sleeps in his quarters on the Defiant one night. Um, so that was kind of cute and, and endearing. Uh, and it was also interesting to see Jazia in a less strong position than she's normally in. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. I loved this, the Caves of Makala set. I loved Timor or Timon, I forget his name, uh, who helped them or helped her initially and then got scared and wouldn't help them and not what prompted the whole investigation but so yeah it was good to see some trill you know location building i wish we had seen more of trill um kind of like we did in discovery but uh well we got like a map painting i think of like a trill building or something i don't know yeah yeah so uh that and the only other thing i've been star trekking is that i did listen to the latest audiobook uh contest of principles by Greg Cox. Which one was uh, this? Orig- it's an original series novel that actually just came out last week, I think. Oh my God. Like or original series or reboot? No, original series. Oh, so wow. they're still releasing novels in that range. Oh my and, God. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, like I listened to the first chapter and a half and I was almost tempted to return it. Because <laughs> Audible, Audible is great that you can listen to it. And if you're not happy, you can return it. Oh, really? I, I didn't almost, know that. 
Yeah, yeah. You can listen to you could listen to the whole book, and if you're not satisfied, you could actually return it. What? Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't I don't do that very often. I've never done it where I've listened to the entire book because that I know that's not. But if I'm partway through a book and I'm not enjoying it, and I know I'm just I just want to be done with it, I will return it. Okay. Exchange it for another title. So uh-huh. so I was tempted to do that with the first chapter and a half I was like kind of bored I was like uh because honestly like there's a lot of connections to our time now in the book you know a disease um oh. a, an election well primarily oh, an election primarily an election on this on this one world and then there are two other worlds that are star systems away so they're each like three star systems and uh they're relatively close to one another because uh McCoy at first takes the uh, takes a shuttle from uh, the first planet to the second planet. Uh, he's then kidnapped to a third planet, and then Spock goes to the second planet with another shuttle, and then goes to the third planet, and then they leave the third planet to go back to the Enterprise. So, um, so there's a there's you know there's a lot of there's like yeah the 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 election is the big part of this story, but also um, uh, disease and that, uh, that one of the characters has that, uh, the cure isn't working. And so they find out that there are some nefarious things going on. And uh, so it oh. actually turned out to be, uh, pretty interesting and I'm glad I waited through it, but, uh, there was a moment there where I was going to return it and I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, this is, this isn't what I want to listen to right now, but I gave it a second shot and finished it. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that's primarily what I've been Voyager, yeah, uh, Deep Space Nine, and then an original series novel. So, I think that's pretty much it. Um, what about you? What have you been Star Trekking lately? Yeah, so I've been working my way through Enterprise season four. I'm actually almost done. I only have the last episode left which I was telling you before, I'm not really looking forward to watching because it's not the best episode of Enterprise. And as you may recall, and as some of our fans may know, there was kind of an uproar over the last episode because they decided to bring Riker and Troy back. And for um, to producers, it was supposed to be kind of like this, like Valentine to the fans, but the fans weren't thrilled with it. And this Scott Bakula even was like really upset about it. So there was like a lot of behind the scenes drama. So, and I, and the, the problem is it's also not like the best episode. It's like fine. Um, they did put effort into it because they essentially recreate the sets of the Enterprise D. So it's, you know, it's, Effort notwithstanding, um, it, it just wasn't, I would say, the best episode of Enterprise. And it was one of the, I mean, other than, I guess, maybe the original series, like it it was the only series ender that was only one episode. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes all of the other ones so, have been two hours. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm not really looking forward to it but it's fine. I, I just got to finish it. So I can say I've moved on with my life. So Enterprise, after Enterprise, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know. Rewatch Voyager? 
<laughs> I don't know. Because the thing right now, okay, so the thing with Enterprise is that it is like, and we say this about Star Trek, it's a like comfort food, right? It's just like, all right, I, I can watch something. I didn't need to think too much or pay too much attention. You know, I can just watch this. It's not like The Queen's Gambit, which I don't know if you've seen it yet. I doubt it. Or even The Crown, where I'm like, I got to watch this. I got to sit down and watch this and pay attention. Um, so I kind of need something like that right now where I'm kind of like, and The Expanse is coming back in two weeks. So that, that'll be something. But The Expanse is a show where you got to pay attention. If you don't pay attention, forget it. It's over. Oh, yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I need like another show where I'm like, I can just kind of watch it and just not think about it too much. So maybe that's Voyager. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, so anyway, so enter- there's Enterprise. And then um, I just finished the second uh book in the Millennium Trilogy, the DSM Alone Trilogy. It is really good. I don't know. Do you remember anything about the second book? It's been a I while. don't know. Yeah. It's I mean, literally came out in 2000. Yeah. It was quite good. It's like, you know, it, it, the premise is basically the, the crew of DS9 is flung 25 years into the future. Spoilers for a 20-year book. Um, they're flung 25 years in the future and the Pa race have basically like, you know, gathered a huge following in the quadrant and Wayun is like their emissary. It's like crazy. And then the goal is to merge. There's now there's like this red wormhole and uh, the goal is for them to merge the two wormholes and that's gonna end, literally end the universe. Um, and it's not really well explained like how that's supposed to happen, but basically everyone's trying to stop this from happening. Like the Federation, the Clan Empire, even the Borg are helping. It's like everyone's involved um, and everyone dies. Like everyone everyone from the TNG cast, the DS9 cast and the Voyager cast dead. Like it's like, and then it's like one of those things where it's like, all right, they're going to just reset everything, you know, because everyone's dead. Um, so I'm like, it, the book was quite good. And now I'm starting the third book. So yeah. Um, but getting through that and then, yeah, I, I would say that that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been star trekking. I did think of one other thing I did end up watching. I did end up watching uh, the search for Spock. So oh, yeah iTunes had a deal for 30 bucks. You could get all 10 movies. So um, they're like streaming all the time. I know, but I, you know, I wanted to have them my own digital copies of them. So uh, they, uh, yeah. So I watched that and I, yeah. Comfort food again, you know, uh, just something to to kind of pass the time over the last couple of weeks. I don't even remember when I watched it. It was probably like two weeks ago, but um, oh, okay. But yeah, so um, yes, yeah, so I don't know if the deal's still alive, but uh, if you're an Apple user, you can go get the ten movies for thirty bucks. So there you go. There we go. Wonderful. Uh, so I think that does it for the segment. Why don't we move on to spilling the trek? are not as they were. No, they're not. I take no pleasure in this. But as of now, 
You are relieved of your duty as my number one. You will restrict yourself to chief science officer duties only. All right, Mike. So why don't we talk about scavengers? So what did you sure. think of this episode? Well, so Scavengers, episode six, uh, the CBS All Access snippet about it is after receiving a message from both Burnham and Giorgio embark on a rogue mission to find him, leaving Saru to pick up the pieces with Admiral Vance. Meanwhile, Stamets forms an unexpected bond with Adira. Um, You know, there's a lot to love about this episode. It is another fetch quest episode, by the way but continue. Yes. Uh, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about what a fetch quest episode is? Yeah. So there's been a lot of that lately. The fetch, a, a fetch quest episode, at least to me. And, and this is, and I don't know if it's like common terminology, but it is very much a gaming term um, in terms of what a fetch quest is, but basically it is a task it is, it's centered around a task where you have to go get something and the entire story or side, there's a side quest in a game where it's a fetch quest. It's like someone tasks you with something, go get it, come back, and then it's the entire story. So there have been a lot of fetch quests. Like the last episode, um, Die Trying was also a fetch quest where they had to literally fetch these seedlings or whatever. In this case, they had to go fetch book as well as the black box. So yes, this was definitely another fetch quest centric episode, which there's a lot of that this season. But anyway. Thank you for explaining that for my non-gaming self. Uh, I knew you you could, you know, do that. Uh, You know, the the thing I love about this episode is, you know, anytime you get Giorgio uh, being her badass self, I mean, you gotta love Michelle Yeoh um she just... i mean like she like chews the scenery a little bit i mean i know it's kind of a character i but love it there's like so much scenery chewing um she just needs kind of like a mustache to twirl you know i mean uh you know if, if we meet her someday at las vegas uh at a star trek convention i might be quite speechless and uh I might get down on my knees and bow to her. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I really love Michelle Yeoh. And uh, so, you know, anytime that she gets to to chew out a little Orion nephew, which she did a lot in this episode, it was great. Uh, it was really enjoyable. Uh, oh, yeah, she had some good lines, too. Oh, she had some episode. great lines in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. These um, are so snarky. You know, Yes, she was great. Uh, you know, I think the the first great line was you had me at unsanctioned mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of goes on from there. And it is an unsanctioned mission. So I'm kind of of two minds of this, you know, one, I feel like, why does she have to do this? Uh, right? You know, I kind of roll my eyes thinking, Oh, here we go, Burnham, you're going, you know, and, and a lot of the discussion online has been, you know, Burnham reverting back to her season one self, right? So that's mm-hmm. a little concerning, uh, first of all. And obviously it has dire, con- not dire, but pretty severe consequences for her later on. But uh, so, you know, in that sense, I don't really, you know, I'm not on board with this little 
side mission. But uh, on the other hand, seeing Giorgio and Phil and uh, Michael doing this mission together, I think is just great. And they're a great team. And, uh, you know, I think also in, towards the end of this episode, we learn what's partially going on with, with Giorgio. Uh, we still don't know exactly what it is. And, and I still hold on to my theory that uh, from last week, from our last episode, that uh, we, you know, it has something to do with the, the degrading of her stem cells or something medical like that. Um, I know a, a popular theory is that the, the guy with the glasses did something to her. I don't think that's necessarily the case, um, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Um, and also there's a lot of speculation about where, you know, about where the Section 31 series is going to be set. You're right. Uh, and by where, I mean what, when actually. You know, so there's, mm -hmm. you know, some conversation about going back to mm -hmm. the 22nd century again in order to save her life. Who knows? So I, I'm excited to see how that kind of all plays out. Uh, I will be sad to see her leave, which is kind of inevitable. We kind of know that she's going to leave. And, and mm -hmm. I also think that uh, I think this is also part of the process. Like now that they've gotten to the 31st century or the 32nd century, actually, um, Correct. they will, you know, I think they're going to be shedding some people and hopefully starting to invest more in the main bridge crew and giving them some more screen time and digging into their story a little bit more. Um, so there's that. And then there's this whole other, whole other a plot going on back on the ship. Actually uh -huh. there's two a plots. So there's, you know, Tilly and Saru talking about what to do about Michael. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a pretty powerful conversation. And wow, you would think you were you were talking to Lieutenant Commander Tilly, meaning not in, not in what happens in the next episode, right? But essentially, she's, she seems so much more grounded, so much older, so much more mature. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and basically calls out Michael's behavior is wrong. So, you know, there's that, that, that whole scene. I, I, I question whether it was the right decision for Saru to go to an ensign to talk about this, even though we love Tilly and, and, and I am a, a huge Tilly fan. Uh, you know, I'm actually a Wait, really did he, big. Didn't he go to her just to be like, where is Michael? Like, wasn't that well her? yeah he went to her to and then it kind of evolved into this is a problem like i think it was because he was assuming that tilly would know where michael was yes yeah uh and some so i also now that you bring that up i'm i you know i don't really agree with saru kind of going to tilly to to try to figure this out i think that that's manipulative i think that's you know, I, I just don't think that that's something that a, a captain should be doing. But uh, I know that they mm -hmm. formed a good they formed a good bond in the second episode when they went and uh, left the ship and, and went to the outpost. Uh, but I still don't see that as a valid reason for for Saru to go to her uh, in that way. Now, her response is actually, I think, much more mature than him even coming to her and asking the question. So 
uh, that's, that's also an interesting thing. And, and I do like Saru as a captain. I'm not, I'm not a, I like him to a certain point. I think he's a little bit too by the book. Right. I get it. But I, I, you know, I said last episode, last in our last podcast that I think he's a little bit too by the book and I still feel that although mm-hmm. going to an ensign is a little bit off the book, but I feel like Tilly actually showed him up in this, in that conversation. She really responded in such a mature and adult way which I, you know, being able to look back, having watched the next episode already, Unification 3, it makes a lot of sense what happens in that. However, you know, I still, so I still think that Tilly played this really well. And uh, it's great to see her growth in, in that way. And then we have, obviously, um, Stamets and Adira. And, you know, Adira shows Stamets the new interface that she created for him which deeply endears her to him already. Then she sees, mm-hmm. he sees, then he sees her talking to herself or talking to herself in air quotes, actually right. talking to gray and uh, you know, Stamets believes her. And then, then she also helps remove the things that are in Stamets. Like the shunts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that, you know, and what I really love, and obviously, as uh, you know, this is a gay podcast, you know, I love the conversation at the end of the episode between Hugh and and Stamet and Paul. You know, I thought that mm-hmm. that was really, uh, it was really nice to see that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a huge broad stroke of the episode. But yeah, um, those are the things that kind of stood out for me. Uh, but what do you what what stood out for you in this episode? What were what were some of your favorite parts, and what did you what 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 weren't more importantly what what stuck in your mouth, or what what really didn't uh, hit home for you on this episode? Huh. Um, I'm not sure I have that many complaints about this episode. I actually did thoroughly enjoy this episode. I similar to what you were just talking about. I I really did enjoy some of the character moments, such as some of the moments between Jojo and Michael, the moments between Stamets and Adira, and then also between Saru and Tilly. I, I thought that those were really good conversations, um, you know, character developing, developing conversations. I really liked how there was some callback to like past trauma, you know, how Jojo was calling Michael out for her relationship with Ash Tyler. Like that was that quick mention and basically how, you know, she, that wasn't like a necessarily ideal relationship um, when she was kind of, kind of like probing her slash kind of, provo- you know, provoking her about what her relationship status with Book is. But I like that callback to Ash Tyler since it's been a while since we even talked about Ash Tyler. Um, and then even, you know, and then yes, the conversation between Stamets and Adira and basically how, you know, they were also talking about shared trauma where they were uh, kind of exploring how the trauma of kind of losing their significant others have, you know, has shaped them. Um, and Stan's kind of opening up about how Hugh's death and then, re- you know, resurrection affected him. I thought that those were really good callbacks to pretty major um, and significant, um, you know, relationship moments in those characters' lives that we haven't really talked about in a while uh, because it was last season <laughs> and last season feels like forever ago. 
Um, but I do think that those were really, that, that was just a really great way to kind of bring the past to the present um, that I really did appreciate. Um, but yeah, the other thing that really stood out to me for this episode was just like, it, it was just like the tech. And yeah, I know we talked about this a little bit in the last, in our last podcast, but some of the tech and the CGI was just really good, um, but maybe a little bit over the top. Uh, you know, I don't know if we necessarily needed to rechristen the discovery to be the discovery A. You know, like I was like, it's not even a new ship. I mean, I know they're re- you know refitting it quite a bit, but it's not like you know they constructed a, a brand new ship. But sure, right. um, if that makes everyone feel better. Um, so we saw, like, and you know, you know I the- think I think it does make people feel better because of the whole time travel piece. Right. And I think that that sort of protects, probably it protects Vance and his upper echelon of, of people who know what the ship is and where it came from. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's part of the reason uh, to have that. I, I, I would imagine that very few ships in the fleet right now have, do not have a letter after their, their NCC number. So uh, you know, I think that that's, that's part of it. I know there is a, you know, I, you know, you're what you bring up a lot of people online brought up. Why does, why do they need the A? And I think it's, I think ultimately it's for the protection of the crew and everyone in Starfleet hmm. from the whole temporal accords. And, and, and again, we don't actually, yeah. You know, I, the other thing too, is I don't, you know, there, there's no, clear indication of this but my feeling is that there's someone who's monitoring time stuff in this time and uh so i think that you know at some future point we might learn about some some part of starfleet or another group that watches the timeline and enforces the temporal accords Uh, well there was like the temporal there is like a temporal i don't remember agency like, yeah. division yeah but i don't know they haven't talked about it i think this season no i mean but back no. in back on back on voyager and also even deep space um, nine the, deep space nine yeah there was a temporal yeah. division at starfleet yeah, yeah so uh, i think so that, we haven't uh, heard about that so i think that might actually ultimately protect them from from that uh but, you know, also in a lot of ways, this is a brand new discovery. You know, the bones are the same, uh, but I wouldn't, I would say that that would be about it. Uh, if you compare the two pictures online, a lot of the support struts are, are gone for the uh, spinning saucer section. And then, uh, oh, are this, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need to look at that again. Yeah. So it's, it really is a redesign in a lot of ways. So there are some some things that would really indicate it. it's a lot more than a refit um but i think that the a if i if i had to guess and we'll maybe we'll see in the future i would say that the a is to protect everyone from the temporal time agents hmm. or whatever interesting so that, that would be interesting my theory yeah we'll see if any one of my theories are ever right <laughs> which they usually are not but uh, in this case, I think maybe I've got a shot at being more right than less right. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Um, but I do want but... I do want that iPhone badge. I mean, that badge does everything. I mean, 
Uh, although, you know, I do kind of still stand by my whole theory from last week, which was that yeah. uh, it's too much special effects and it kind of obscures uh, the, the actors a little bit. Um, yeah. But I mean, I do, I, you know, I, I do like um, the actual physical holding of a device like a tricorder because I feel it. It literally, you know, there's something tactile about, even if it was me, I would just want something tactile to work with as a tool than necessarily a holographic display. That being said, um, Star Trek, uh, the, at least on the Instagram page, uh, it was an IGTV piece. They were talking about the new com badges. Did you see this? It was no. like a three minute piece. But it was really interesting. Um, they kind of put a lot of thought into how the com badges work and how basically it's at, it's motion sen- it's motion censored and based upon how you motion with your hand like if you if you motion upwards that means that you want to activate um a, like a tricorder if you motion downwards that's something else if you double tap it which and you you can notice that if you double tap it that transports you back to like your home like whatever your home base is um so there's actually they actually thought about like how you actually work with the combat, which I thought was interesting. Um, it is cool that it's kind of like this like 360 device, but I I will kind of miss like the other tech that's around. Like, are there, is there like a point to having a transporter room anymore? You know? I mean, True. Yeah. They, they use it in the next episode. So I'm they like, do, yes. why? but why? Right. Why are they, you know, what to what end <laughs> do they need that? Um, so yeah, so there was, a, there was the tech side of things. Discovery got the detached cells, which I have yet to see the point of, but sure. Um, and uh, no, but then it had there was a lot of action, like when they were kind of blowing things up um, on the planet, and it was just like very spectacular, um, like the set pieces and the whole escape uh, from the facility and whatnot. Like they just did a. You know, like, I think one thing that we probably can rarely fault Discovery on is having good action and good set pieces. And, you know, they just did a great job, like, you know, with the whole, that whole scene. Um, so, yeah, um, I think, yeah, I mean, that's mostly for me. Like, I think that, yeah, I, what you already talked about, like, kind of, you know, also resonate with me. Um, and, I'm looking forward to seeing more yeah. with Stamets and Adira and Culber, like the bonds that they form. I'm looking forward to more of that. Yeah, no, I am too. I'm looking forward to, you know, Tilly being Saru's number one. I know that is next episode, but, you know, this is the evolution of her character this season where she's taking on more responsibility. And I've always loved Tilly. So, kind of growing her in a in a way that is a little more than kind of just like the silly nerdy sidekick you know I think is great for her um and yeah I think just more of the Giorgio mystery and you know what's going on there um I think is definitely something to expound on but yeah I actually didn't really have too many um complaints <laughs> i know i usually have more oh but wait there is crying we didn't even talk about that that's right <laughs> yeah so 
yeah, we didn't talk, we didn't really talk about the end of the episode that much, but uh, yeah, basically, you know, one of the things that we talked about in the last episode is where Admiral Vance, um, you know, basically gave Saru the directive to handle Michael as he saw fit, which I, again, like, and, you know, that's why I like in a boss. And Saru basically deciding to demote Michael to chief science officer. And then they, it's just so melodramatic. It's like, I don't understand why there's so much drama, like why there's crying. And, you know, like, and I've said this about Sonequa Martin-Green before. I think sometimes she like overacts things a little bit. And, you know, I think that overall she's a great actress, but sometimes like there are certain scenes where I'm like, this is like, you're putting like a lot of weight into the scene where I don't know if this much needs to be going into the scene right now. But it's just like the, the tears. I was like, oh my God, like, please stop crying. Um, I, don't, I don't need this in my life. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess there is gravity to the scene because it's not just about the emotion, but also the, bro- the, you know, the broken trust between Saru and Michael. And I understand that, but it's like, oh God. More tears, you know. This the season's like crying budget. I I don't know. It's astronomical, but anyway, uh, that would be my my one gripe. Um, but I think overall, overall, I I really did enjoy the episode. So I guess that does it for this week's episode, since we've already exhausted every topic that we can think of. So Mike, how can our fans reach us to give us their thoughts on this episode? Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to send us an email, our email is deepspacepride at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Instagram and Twitter, where our handle in both places is at deepspacepride. And thanks everyone for joining us. Bye everyone. See you next time. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.